This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm a journalist, not a terrorist. The Lafayette Square, cause Trump don't care. The in America. Get the kids out of the cages and increase our wages. Welcome to Inherent America. And we have a special guest today. Um, I know most people say that, special guest, it just, you know, but in this case, it really is a special guest. Um, Lala Akrez, you, you've probably seen his great uh, artistic cartoon and political cartoon called La Cucaracha. Um, you've seen his work in Coco, and now, right now, he's in Casa Grandes. He's doing incredible work. Um, I've worked with this man all the way back to the days when the, during the Latino sketch comedy war that was going on between, it was a culture clash, Latins Anonymous, and Chicago Secret Service. There's a lot of things going on back then. <laughs> we ended up together on a, a very groundbreaking show for Fox, but it only was in only a few markets. Um, and that show is called Culture Class. Ladies and gentlemen, Lalo Alcaraz. Lalo, how are you today? I'm glowing. Look at me. Yeah, I, I think I'm glowing too, but it's the weird weather today. Yeah, it looks you're good. Glowing because you're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pregnant with ideas. So how <laughs> are you? I'm pretty red and pink for being indoors for 10 months. <laughs> yeah. It is. A, well, it's I'm a, not drinking. I look at that. What's yeah. Anyway, a little random pink going on. Well, how am I looking? I'm looking very wet right You're now. You're looking pretty ghostly there. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's the lighting. My family, uh, my dad's side is from Zacatecas, and they were like wettos and red and chocolate mm-hmm. brown. So I got mm-hmm. a little bit of the wetto and the red. Mm-hmm. So, I'm the same way because my family's from Chihuahua. So oh, we were yeah. tall. My grandfather's blue-eyed. My grandmother's Apache and indigenous and dark. And I came out this color. So yeah. my sister, though, is very dark. I remember telling this joke on stage. I go, my sister's very dark. I'm very light. I have all the Spanish blood in me. She has all the Indian blood in her. I know that because I made her build me beautiful Spanish missions in my backyard. I split <laughs> And gave her chicken pox and measles. That was my, my I put the basic Mexican history right there all together. And she 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 built a hell of a patio for you. Yes, she did. She did some really good work, built a patio and made those tortillas and washed the clothes <laughs> down the stream. I don't know. We had a washing machine. I just forced her to do it. But uh me and you share something very much in common. We both are San Diego guys. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I try to forget that. Well, it, it is odd that we come from one of the most conservative towns around. Why is San Diego so conservative? You ever thought you're, about that? You're, you're burying the lead. We went to the same high school. Oh, yeah. Well, well, you were at Helix. I was at Grossmont High School. 
Oh, I thought you went to Helix. No, my brother went to Helix. I, I had the choice between Helix and, and Grossmont. And I, I, I just heard he, to me, Helix sounded like the most ghetto school in the world. You went for the white school. I well, went for the white school. It's pretty white, dude, but. Oh, yeah. I mean, but. We had cholos. We were. Yeah, yeah. Helix had cholos. We had just Mexican-American nice kids. You know, it was really <laughs> weird. Like, I never felt so ethnic in my life going to Grossmont High School. <laughs> Because I think there was like four Latinos. Actually, it's weird as La Mesa had three Latino families. And one was uh, Juan Vargas, who became a, a congressman. Yeah. And uh, Elena Choa, who became an astronaut. All us Latinos from San Diego have done pretty well. And I mean, well, that third family, they're losers, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. But they, <laughs> they, they, they had a, some Hollywood guy that went to write <laughs> you know, ruin his career. There's, well, there's, you know, my, my, my old lady says, uh, Oh yeah. From San Diego. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> from San Diego. <laughs> she's, she's from uh, East LA, Boyle Heights, Pico Rivera. Oh, wow. You went for the, you went for the, uh, the Chicana. The triple axle Chicana. Yeah. Wow. What is, what is she up to nowadays? Um, besides being your wife. Yeah, um, you know, hating me. Oh, why is she getting upset at you? Because I was busy. We're all working. Let's just uh, leave it at that. Yeah, no, I get the same thing. But, it, you know, or I'm not working enough. I get that one. <laughs> Welcome to the show. You know, this is a very unique time in America. And you've always been known as a political commentator. And I remember when we first started all this thing, because there was Culture Clash, there was Chicago Secret Service. It was a very exciting time. I mean, Culture Clash, to get that on Fox was amazing. And we worked together on that show. Do you remember it? Yeah. Yeah. I was still traumatized from it. (laughs) It was an interesting time. It was like a weird um, kind of second wave of... Chicano theater, you know, it, yeah. it, we had multimedia, but, you know, Luis Valdez had already made films, but, you know, yeah. but the but the theater and kind of uh, multimedia and eventually TV, you know, kind of happened with our generation of yeah. Chicano performers. And I remember one guy told me, uh, it, you know, I get lots of uh, unsolicited comments online and this guy told me, hey, you should go and uh, do your teatro on a pickup truck uh, and go around the country. And I'm like, dude, I already did that. You know, you know, it was community colleges. It wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't wasn't pickup trucks. Then we got on TV a little bit and and Mm -hmm. that was cool. That was unique. I mean, because it was weird. It was Fox wasn't even a full network at that time. It was like we were picked up in different markets. That's right. We were in uh, the the owned and operated Fox stations. Yeah, it was like a. It was like I would hear some Chicanos like in New Mexico going, you know, we kind of get the show, and I have to move my 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 antenna a little bit. <laughs> and I, I mean, they were real. That was what they tell me. They go, yeah. yeah. Really <laughs> I always remember like people saying like we were up against Saturday Night Live, and Chicanos actually were watching our show. Uh, because it was like the only thing that you could watch, you know, uh, on Saturday night. Uh, and if you were some, uh, some guy in Chicago, you could see us in Chicago and different yeah. markets. It was pretty interesting. We were like outlaw radio or something. Like <laughs> really weird how we were in certain markets. And, and we, we'd get comments because, you know, whenever you're a Latino or Chicano, you're out there doing some, 
you get two things. You either get hated or loved. And there's not much in between. No. And, and with you, what I've noticed about you, which I, I can't ever do, you will actually engage with the haters. Like you, <laughs> you will put up the worst comment said about me today. And I was always like, I don't know how you do it, but you always had that kind of thing. It was like, oh, it's fine. This is the worst thing someone said about me today. <laughs> no, I used to be really, uh, I still am. I'm, I'm a sensitive artist. Yeah. I'm still, you know, get my feelings hurt. I'm, I'm very thin skinned, but in years of uh, skin building up, you know, and years of attracting hate and love, yeah. uh, it, it just, you know, I think I finally over it. So now I love to publish my hate letters and just show people like, this is what, if you're a, a, a Latino journalist or Latino writer, Latino personality, anybody with, you know, the, the, uh, as a comedian, Danny Mora used to say a, a Z at the end of their name. Uh, right. Uh, as I would always except, add that. Yeah. You guys, now. you guys sold off the Z when you went to gross. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And, uh, the, you know, we, we get just the stupidest hate mail, you know, go die, go, go back to Mexico, go, uh, you know, stop kill, you know, just, I've got, gotten the whole gamut. So I'm, I'm over it. And I love to show everybody though, this is what we endure out here just to, for the, the sin of speaking our minds. Yeah, it is. It's, it's you know, it's funny. I just, Biden just got a, got in office, which is making me happy. And you notice the Cesar Chavez bus behind him? Oh, right. Yeah. That thing was very cool. But that was cool. I, I simply, I mean, just on the ABC feed, I was like, oh, it's wonderful that Biden's in. That's all I said. Something like that. <laughs> I had more hate on you this matter. Oh, it was like, I mean, some weird stuff like the red storm is coming. Jesus's blood will take you out. <laughs> You're listening to the Nahara in America podcast. The podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is. You can listen to us on Revolver Podcasts or wherever you find your finer podcasts. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And I mean, I was, and then, and of course, the gay one. I was like, you know, I, people just couldn't come up with a lot of good. You know, you're gay. And I go, well, <laughs> so surprised my wife and my three kids. But I, even then, it's not a bad deal. But normally, it's like they would come up with weird, you know, stuff. It was always the QAnon people, which is so frightening that that even exists still. And well, you know, uh, growing up in San Diego, I mean, people ask me, uh, well, what formed you, uh, your opinions or whatever? Like, well, you know, I'm angry and bitter because I saw my parents or Mexican immigrants, the way that they were treated. But I also then grew up, you know, and and saw the hate that comes from, uh, you know, the San Diego white people that live, you know, they live right there up against yeah. the right U.S. border and they're in in denial that that uh, Mexico exists, you know, and I, it's gotten a lot better now. I, I love going back for Comic-Con and, yeah. you know, uh, seeing, uh, you know, San Diego County's turned blue uh, and whatever. But, you know, that kind of brand of um, crazy anti-immigrant racism, it's yeah. still there. Uh, 
and uh, it, it it made me who I am. It made me a crazy yeah. anti anti immigrant. <laughs> well, it, it made me. I mean, I remember seeing Juan Vargas living on a chicken ranch down the street from me. You know, he <laughs> had eight kids or something. You know, he's one of eight kids, and his mother. I mean, literally, I put it in my in my comedy was I saw a chicken walk to his house one time, and my mother turned to me. She said. She said, uh, where, are you, where are you going? I said, I'm going to go play with the Mexican kids down the street. <laughs> that was my first joke. And she said, you are Mexican, so stay home and play with yourself. <laughs> that was my, 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 you know, my, my Mexican moment. But Choke your own chicken. Yeah, it's like the guys that are so anti-Mexican and all that are the first ones going to Tijuana. They're the first ones at the taco stand. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I think the Mexican food in San Diego is better than the street food in LA. I don't know. Well, I don't know if I go that far, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> but it let me good. say something that, yes, I, I, I lost count of how many old racist white guys from San Diego, um, you know, written me nasty letters. And then they, they, they go with their wives back to Baja, their Mexican wives and yeah. go live in Baja. And it's like, dude, what's wrong with you? You know what? what? I, I don't understand that psychology. I just don't. It's a hard psychology because I look in the, you know, the whole idea is if you really got to know us, we're, we're real fun people. We're getting great food. We're, we're, we're very inviting as you know, we, we let it when I've never looked at someone who said oh, I'm half Chicano and I go, Oh, then you're not one of us. It's like, you could be just, I like Chicanos and you're in. It's like we're the easiest club to join is Mexican. Yeah. It's Latino. It's like, Oh, I'm sure you want to be in. You're in, you know, I don't, I don't have any special, thing I do or genuflect <laughs> it turns going in Chicano, but basically you're in our, our world. Now I remember and you told me a story. Now you probably won't remember this because you know it was during the culture clash days. And <laughs> and it was it was yeah we, was, there was Josefina Lopez, there was you, me, who was really actually pretty cool backstage um, yeah. in terms of writers and everyone just starting out. But I remember you told me this story about your, your father had died and you had to go uh, to the homes of people to explain to them that he wouldn't be coming around anymore. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yes, one of my traumatic stories uh, growing up. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I had to make uh, – we used to – he's a landscaper, uh, gardener, uh, and, uh, you know, he worked at, at a – a landscape place right there. It's still there in Spring Valley called Hunter's uh, Nursery. Uh, mm-hmm. And I used to go work there on Saturdays when I was a kid, pretend to work and help. And then we used to, my dad and I used to go garden on, on, on do people's gardens on the weekends, right? For extra money. Uh, and so I could get my domingo, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then my dad died in a car accident in Tijuana one weekend. And I had to call the people, you know, the clients, uh, uh, the customers who the clients we had as for gardening. And this one, uh, this one lady, her name was weirdly Mrs. Vegetable. Like, I don't know if that's an actual last name or what, but that, that is her was her last name. Um, the vegetable family is big in, in the San Fernando area. For <laughs> Especially on Sundays in the Raider game. But anyway, uh, the uh, uh, I had to call her and say, you know, my my uh, 
my dad, uh, Edmundo, is not going to come in anymore because he died in a car accident in Tijuana this past weekend. It was maybe a week, you know, after. And this damn lady said, without skipping a beat, she's like, oh, well, uh, do you have a, any a replacement? You know, you have someone uh, else, uh, you have a number, anybody I can uh, have? Uh, and I was like... You know, I didn't cuss her out, but I said that 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 was my father. And I just hung the slam the phone down. And I, you know, my little head, uh, my little brain was exploding with emotion and hate. And and I just felt like, wow, you know, Mexicans are she just saw him as just another Mexican, you know, and not a human being. And that that kind of stuff informed me and pisses me off to this day. You know, like how the. The young people today are so sensitive and they're like, uh, you know, all about self-care and and everyone's, uh, you know, the uh, I don't want to put down therapy. I'm just talking about everybody yeah. being touchy-feely, you know, and I'm like, I don't need that stuff, man. That's my uh, that's my radioactivity inside me that uh, that's my nuclear fusion that keeps me going is the anger that I felt, you know, uh, and disappointment with human beings. Yeah. Uh, and that's just one thing that happened. Well, I remember that story. I mean, it was a it was a story that that stayed with me. It was seared in my head. It was like most moments where we're writing, and all of a sudden, this story came out of you. And I'm, I mean, I, I do that today in, in the in the writers' room. I'm like, oh, let me tell a real downer story. <laughs> story. Now, this is the setup. You guys come up with the punchline after the story. <laughs> really. Yeah, and, no, I, no, like this past four years, you know, it, it encapsulate kind of, you know, that I mean, people call it gallows humor. I mean, I don't even know if that's strong enough term, but, you know, that's what Mexicans do is, uh, you know, laughing at your misfortune is uh, the Mexican national ethos. You know, it is the the thing, you know, to me uh, that, you know, when. Uh, which is why, like Mexicans are great at satirizing. They they tear apart their politicians. You think oh, yeah. we're bad here, but in Mexico, man, they destroy the politicians. Uh, and, uh, uh, and but but you could also laugh at your own misfortune of being poor and uh, yeah. you know getting oppressed or whatever. And that's why. And I just picked that up from from my parents too. Uh, and uh, you served me well, I think, in satire. Yeah. Well, it's. it's- it serves you well, but it also, you know, there's a there's a reason the why of why you do things. And I think that's to me is the it's kind of the fascinating thing when you talk to people is like why. And with you, it was it was just the clearest understanding of you that I had, and that's how I remember the story for so long. Is like it was like I think when people would try to put you down or something, I'd be like, leave him alone. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, <laughs> just leave him alone. So. Because after that story, I was like, I didn't have quite the story. I felt so shallow. I had not, <laughs> it, was like, it was like I grew up in La Mesa, Barrio La Mesa. <laughs> you went to Helix. I went to Grossmont High. But like water polo was a thing, you know. It was like, it was like that. So I, I, I understood you. It was like one of those moments where I understood you. And I think I, as, as we've all gotten older and talked to each other more, it's like I've had moments with, you know, Richard Montoya or, you know, Herbert and different people that have been in our, our lives of culture class and stuff where I think, you know, we, we were tough on each other. We, oh, were, yeah. we were just 
you know, vicious, vicious. I mean, it was like, I used to think comics were bad because you go on stage and do a set and there's a guy behind you sitting off stage watching you just going, oh, man, this guy sucks. <laughs> and they come up to you afterwards and go, hey, how are you? It's good. <laughs> what a brotherhood we had. Yeah, it was just a, you know, it, it, was a, it was a weird brotherhood and also it was hood. You're listening to the Nahara in America podcast. The podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is. You can listen to us on Revolver Podcasts or wherever you find your finer podcasts. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Because basically, (laughs) remember Latin's Anonymous during that time. It was, you know, culture class didn't like Latin's Anonymous. And Chicano Secret Service was like the the punk rockers of the groups. <laughs> yeah, we hated everybody. They hated everybody. It's like, it's like that was the truth. It was the one united, uniting fact that you guys <laughs> hated both groups. <laughs> like the oddest thing, but uh, but I, I remember, I remember that happening. I remember. Um, uh, oh, that's a little better. I was, I'm, I'm learning how to do this thing. Was, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I, I think we we all learned a lesson about who we were because we were pioneers having a show with chicanos you know mm-hmm. having cheech marin you know all these people around to us the cheech marins were the were the older brothers you know the eddie almost and we would tear apart the, everyone you know yeah. that was satire satire is bad i remember in living color i did a, a satire on edward james almost called um edward james almost clean up my yard it was after the the riots in 92 <laughs> and uh, course i got a call from eddie about that but <laughs> eddie carries playing you on national television yes it looks pretty horrible about you <laughs> and years later now he'll actually put the sketch up and he'll show it and he's like look what rick said about me at <laughs> the time of course yeah i mean it was like eddie who who else are we gonna make fun of you know <laughs> it's you <laughs> i mean who else it's, we got <laughs> it's basically it is like we we're we were you know everyone was fair game we had I mean, I don't. You remember uh, there was um, Lalo, um, who was um, Guerrero. Guerrero, yeah, great. You know, great artist, right? And of course, there was Latin's analysis opening for him, and we were backstage, no respect at all. We were like, "Oh man, can this guy shut up? Come on!" <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was the classic comedian because he would be like, "Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm almost done." Unless you want me to do another song. And of course, <laughs> yay! So it ended like an hour. We're waiting off stage. But now, now tell me what you're doing nowadays. What's what's your new thing? Because you're seen to be always uh, working. Well, uh, you're, you're definitely Mexican in that way. You're getting me, more yeah. <laughs> Yes. You know, I mean, my life has come full circle. I mean, I, I, I originally, you know, came to L.A., uh, much like you did, to try to break into Hollywood. And, you know, it only took. 30 years. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, well, maybe 25 years. Cause about five years ago, I got a call to go, uh, about a show at Fox that uh, mm-hmm. wanted myself and Gustavo Arellano, the ask a Mexican guys, my yeah, home, exactly. uh, to, uh, see if we wanted to write, uh, on this, uh, second Farland show called, uh, border town. So, yeah. uh, that was like, a we, you know, um, one season, uh, it was uh, Seth MacFarlane's show. He showed up to- two times. You know, I think one time was uh, at a table read, and the other time, well, he came by the office. 
third time I saw him, we got drunk at Comic Con, and uh, and uh, he told me he was who he was having sex with. Oh, he did. He told uh, me. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you off uh, off camera, but uh, be, yeah, tell me after. But it was but, a weird bro boasting moment. So you know, anyway. anyway I was grateful that I, 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 me and Gustavo, three other people, we had like five Latinos working on this show yeah. with a bunch of like stereotypical Hollywood uh, TV writers, you know, all from South Park, from mm-hmm. <clears throat> Simpsons, from, uh, you know, you name it. Every, every, every great show, Family Guy, of course, uh, the show creator was from Family Guy. But um, it was like a... Uh, you know, uh, boot camp, you know, for me, like really, you know, I wasn't, when I, when I was writing on culture class show, I mean, I, w- I mostly, in, you know, did the um, translations of the yeah. uh, word of the day. And I wrote those, uh, we, do, we would have Spanish word of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't ready as a comedy writer, but it was a really great experience, you know, but, and, like- but you know, 20 some years later, here I am at, uh, you know, a much better writer and, uh, but thrown in with all these like, you know, sharks, you know, they were like, you know, they weren't messing around the show. And actually it was a great experience. And, and I got a lot of jokes in a lot of very offensive jokes in. Yeah. Uh, I, remember, I remember you did, cause it was like, I, I would, I would, um, do more, um, like I did uh, Chicano trapped in a well, I would, you know, those were my kind of sketches, yeah, right. you know, <laughs> Um, but you had the, the word of the day actually was a, very subversive, which I really liked because it was like, yeah, it was cool. And I got to, you know, meet every single celebrity that did the, the, the word of the day. And I, you know, it was amazing to have them write, you say my words. That was like pretty mind blowing for, for me. I was like 30 something going like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. and always uh, forever grateful to the clash guys, you know, for, yeah. for. No, it's, it's great because now, as before, now we all get along much better. There's a kind of. Oh, yeah. a, Except for Richard Montoya. But yeah, yeah. For, <laughs> he gets mad at everybody. <laughs> for some, we're, we're at a truce, me and him. We get along now. Yeah, yeah. We're pretty much like, you know what? Let's let's have pandemic uh, quarantine yeah. forever. With exactly. You. Yeah. Now that's made us all much closer. It's like <laughs> when we see each other, we talk longer. How you been? You know. But, yeah, you know, that's true. But, but like, so that was a great experience working uh, on Border Town and really learning, you know, being in a comedy, a real, you know, hardcore network comedy room. It was great. You know, I learned so much and it gave me confidence, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and, and I really learned how to pitch in a room and it was just great. Uh, and it was a funny show, um, but it was five years ahead of its time, you know. But soon after that, I got a call to work on... Um, uh, Coco for Pixar as a cultural consultant. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was also another amazing experience, you know, like, uh, and to, to Pixar's credit, you know, they had never really done that before. Uh, and uh, Disney movies had had consultants on, but yeah. never, you know, like, like I met the consultant for the film Moana. He was a college professor out in Miami who picked me up from the airport and, mm-hmm. and had me speak uh, at, at uh, one of his classes. He was a Polynesian art expert, a white guy, uh, very well-versed in Polynesian and African art. And he was the consultant for, uh, one of the main consultants for uh, 
Moana, but yeah. that's how usually studios, if they even care about even, a consultant. Even the sound you know? of music, they had a consultant was a Nazi. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly who they hired. But uh, so uh, we really got our hands in uh, in in the Coco project and really, you know, shaped as much as as we could. And, and uh, you know, it turned out really well as, uh, you know, uh, I, w- I came from the protest side of it, of course, you know, yeah. protesting uh, Disney trying to trademark Dia de los Muertos. I know uh, so that, that, that I, I flipped that one successfully. In, on the flip side, the good thing, it would, there would have been a Dia de los Muertos princess at some point. Yeah, that would have been good. She would have been dead, but... <laughs> <laughs> Like people get excited. Richard Ramirez, I think it was like the Night Stalker. If you're like more Latinos on t- <laughs> that's not the one we want. Number one, number one. And uh, and and since then, I've gotten uh, opportunities to write on different things. And uh, the the biggest one has been uh, right now uh, the Casa Grandes mm-hmm. uh, animated show on Nickelodeon. So uh, I've been lucky, and I'm working on a bunch of projects, uh, pitching a bunch of stuff, and I'm working on. Uh, a top secret show for someone else. And I'm working on a top secret video game for someone else. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty busy right, right now. That's well, and uh, sneak preview. I'm working on a cartoon. Oh, editorial cartoon. I, I know you're busy. And so I, I, I promise you, we were only do 30 minutes. So I think we've even kind of a little bit forward. It was but a tight I, 30. It was good. 30, but I, I want you definitely to come back on the show. If you will, you know, sure. And we'll talk more. And because I want to ask you when I get back to you next time is where are we going politically and and how do you see us reconciling if it's even possible? And that's yeah. our second part. Mm, well, I'll give you plenty of time to think about that. I am going to think you can think deep on this one. So <laughs> it's great seeing you. You're looking great. Same um, here, you too. And, we should rename uh, the show Chicanos with Goatees. Yes, Chicanos with Goatees. Yeah, Chicanos oh, oh, with Goatees. Old Chicanos with Goatees. <laughs> So hold it up and go, which one is it? <laughs> which Chicano is it? So thanks for coming on the Hair in America Love. It's great having you here. Thank you, Rick. Good to see you, man. Thank you, brother. Bye. You're listening to the Nahara in America podcast, the podcast that isn't afraid to tell it like it is to people who aren't afraid to hear like it is. You can listen to us on Revolver Podcast or wherever you find your finer podcasts. Join us next week for more on Nahara in America.